My name is Eva, and I am an educational consultant. Some weeks ago, actually far too long ago, I talked about the art of listening and how this is different from the skill of listening. And I talked about how we in our modern world that is so highly tuned to the visual and the quick declaration might find it challenging to actively exercise our skill in listening so that we can develop it into the art of listening in our everyday professional work. On that previous episode, I talked about three myths about listening. These three were, listening is easy. Listening is about answering what is said. Listening takes time. So last time was the first part of the what of it all. Today I shall continue from there. That is to say, what core qualities must we focus on when it comes to active listening? How can we utilize these qualities? And lastly, why is it important to develop our skills in listening? As so many things that have to do with interpersonal communication, listening is context-dependent. None of us are excellent listeners all of the time, and none of us are excellent listeners with everyone. For my part, I know for certain that I am a somewhat less tolerant listener on that train journey where I want to sleep and the stranger sitting opposite me really, really wants to talk. In other situations, we might really want to listen, but our emotions keep distracting us. Such as when a colleague, a patient, or a customer is delivering impactful information, but they are so angry that we as a listener are paying far more attention to our own reactions than actually listening to what is being said. In these situations, and many like them, we may be unwilling or unable to activate the three core qualities that I believe are integral to the art of listening. These three qualities are presence, silence, questions. The first quality, presence, which means to be mentally present in the present and not, as I talked about uh, last time, to be preoccupied with anticipating what the talker is just about to say or waiting impatiently to deliver your own good story on the topic. To be present in the here and now is an exercise, but fundamental to the art of listening. So how can we help ourselves to be present in the present? Lots of people have discovered the usefulness of mindfulness. It is, at its heart, the difference between having a full mind in the present to being mindful of the present. When I really need to concentrate on a conversation in which I have to get relevant information, 
I think of that conversation as a piece of blank paper and it's the talker writing on it. So I have to focus on those words. Others use exercises in feeling their body or making their body really heavy in their seat so that it's the body that's actually helping the mind to be present. Another method to be present is to take a time out during the conversation and, of course, informing the talker that that is exactly what you're doing. But it is a very effective way of getting back to the present. And lastly, to be in the present, to be in the here and now, you have to assess whether it is even possible. Are you in a hurry? Is there a consistently loud and very annoying noise just above you? Are you feeling increasingly uncomfortable or a little bit afraid? Then it will be difficult to be present in the present. But once you allow yourself to acknowledge whatever it is that is disturbing you, you give yourself opportunities. Is it something you can discuss with the talker, with someone else? Or is it just not possible at this given time to be present in the present? Acknowledging that can actually help you get back to the present. The next quality integral to the art of listening is silence. Using silence actively is part of the art of listening. I have met a surprising number of people who feel uncomfortable when a silent spell descends on a group. We all have, or at least a lot of us have, a tendency, and I include myself in this, to fill up that silence, and we do it with the best of intentions. But sometimes it is at the expense of listening. I have always liked that term, an angel walked through the room, because the spiritual notwithstanding, it does imply that space was given to reflect and to reflections. I always think of silence as a gift shared between the talker and the listener, the gift given as one actively listens and the gift made use of as you take the time to reflect and ponder your responses to what is being said. Silence allows you to actually hear the words chosen. If you are a health professional like me, you might give yourself time to actually think about what the patients meant when they said, mm, no, it was impossible for me to take those pills in the morning. Clearly, impossible means something. So how can we help ourselves when it comes to silence? To use silence actively, it can be an advantage to make use of silent reactions. 
so-called nonverbal responses. But it is very important to find out what works for you and not just blindly follow a handbook about nodding every three seconds or saying, mm, yes, mm, even when you don't believe it, because it will really be heard by the talker. I move my hands quite a bit when I am talking. In fact, I am, I am moving my hands right now. So I also use my hands actively when I'm silent. I gesture to display agreement or I hold on to something when I'm concentrating. Others are very good at nodding or using their eyes to show that they are listening. And they do this by using silence actively in order to listen. The third quality integral to the art of listening is questions. This one may seem surprising, but I believe if we are to take the step from skill of listening to the art of listening, we must inquire. Inquiry usually springs out of a hypothesis. We have an idea of what is about to be said or of what is in the mind of the talker. But it is always based on the premise that the right answer to our idea is found through investigation. This is different from questions we ask for the purpose of elimination. Did you do it on Tuesday or Wednesday? And this can be very relevant, but in this scenario, we are looking to cement an idea and we are listening specifically, like an examiner rather than the detective. I think that the greatest challenge for the experienced professional is actually posing a question and then listening to the answer of the moment and not the answer you've heard hundreds of times before. Our assumption as a professional ought to be that we do not, as yet, know what our patient, client, customer wishes to tell us, and we ask questions to throw a light on the yet unknown rather than shining the light on what we already know. When we do that, we ask questions to reassert our knowledge. You know that's not how to do it. Instead of, well, what happened when you did it like that? There is a delicate balance, of course, between inquiry and silence. And this is just one of the many challenges of the art of listening and why we can only achieve it through practice. So, the art of listening is in essence about finding meaning and sharing understanding between the listener and the talker. Applied to our professional work, the art of listening is essential in our communication with our patients, clients, customers, service seekers. As I mentioned in the previous episode on listening, good communication leads to good information. 
And by getting correct information, we as professionals can better initiate relevant action. So my claim would be that the best action is not only through what we already know as professionals, but it is born out of the information generated through the act and art of listening. In this way, you as a professional give yourself a chance to understand not only what a patient, customer, client is saying, but what they actually wish to convey with their words. So, to the question of why the art of listening is important, I would argue that it enhances our ability to assess, consider, evaluate, and choose the right cause of action. And that is inherent in being a professional, especially when we are performing tasks that require our interaction with others. The art of listening then becomes a tool in which we can ensure meaningful dialogue that will aid us in doing what we do and aid the talker in conveying what they want. I really think the subject of listening in a professional sphere is immensely interesting. Because on the one hand, we are educated and continue to educate ourselves in our chosen profession, and some even become experts in their field. Yet, if we are involved in professional work in which we have to communicate or utilize our expertise in interaction with others, then Expertise is generated in the space between talker and listener, and not just in one person. I am an educator, and my focus will naturally be on how to facilitate the aspects of listening. And I don't think you can passively teach someone to be a better listener. Educators can facilitate a learning environment that underpins the usefulness of listening. That is to say, simply, or simply, as if it was simple, but facilitate a learning environment in which the students get an idea of why it is useful to exercise their skill in listening until it becomes an art. And in so doing, perhaps we as educators can encourage these students not only to exercise their skill in listening in the classroom, but also on their return to their workplace. An educator who utilizes presence, silence, and questions will have an advantage in handling opposition to learning a subject I covered in a previous episode. An educator willing to investigate a curious answer to a question demonstrates with the active use of silence, but also shows how one quickly can identify and perhaps adjust personal interpretations during a period of implementation. So, 
by asking a question that uh, arises when you hear a curious answer, the educator is demonstrating how you can adjust interpretations during a period of implementation. This is something a leader will notice if they are on that course. And lastly, an educator can demonstrate through various exercises during a course that the art of listening ultimately shortens the distance between knowing what to do and getting it done. And that is something an organization as a whole will focus on if they too are on a course. But what do you think? Perhaps you'll let me know. Thank you so much for your patience in waiting for this second part on the art of listening. And I look forward to talking about many more areas of learning. Until then, I have been Eva, and thank you so much for listening. <music>